My guest this week is Louise Graham, an expert in self-discovery and human transformation. We chat about how important it is to listen to our customers rather than just hear what they say and how we can bring moments of thoughtfulness and kindness into marketing. Welcome to episode 225 of the Marketing and Finance Podcast. This is the podcast for ideas and inspiration on marketing your business and growing your business and for discussing topics on all things finance. I'm Roger Edwards, a marketing guy and keynote speaker from Edinburgh. Talk to me if you want to cut the BS and the complexity from your marketing strategy. Hello and welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. I'd just like to take a moment to thank you so much for downloading or streaming the show. I really do appreciate it. Before we get into this week's interview with Louise, I just want to tell you about a new ebook that I've just launched. You might remember a few weeks ago, I ran an episode of the podcast which was all about simple steps to creating a killer talk aimed at people who are wanting to put together a presentation or a talk for an event. I recorded that episode because quite a lot of my clients recently have been asking for help with putting together talks and presentations. Presentations. But the response to that episode has been huge. It's been one of the most popular and most downloaded episodes of the podcast ever. So I thought there's obviously something going on here. So I turned the episode into an ebook. So if you're looking to put together a presentation or a talk for a conference or an event, my advice, as it was in the podcast, is don't repeat, don't go straight to PowerPoint. Instead, Think about downloading my ebook, Simple Steps to a Killer Talk. And you can find that ebook at my website, which is rogeredwards.co.uk. All you need to do is to click on the box. You'll see it right there on the home page. So let's get straight into this week's interview with Louise Graham right here on the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Louise, welcome to the Marketing and Finance Podcast. Hi, Roger. Thank you. It's nice to be here. It's great to have you on the show, Louise. Now, tell me, where are we Zooming each other from today? I'm in Edinburgh, as always. Yeah, not very far from you in Glasgow, which um, I've just recently moved back. I've been been back about two months now, but I lived before in uh, London, in Southeast Asia, but London for two and a half years. So um, it's a refreshing change to be back in Scotland again. It's a refreshing change for me to actually talk to somebody who's just a stone throw away. Recently, I've been speaking to people in America, Australia and London. So nice to have somebody that's close by. You've had a fascinating career to date. Uh, as you said, you, you've traveled quite uh, uh, all over the world quite a lot. And, and you're currently helping what you call impact driven entrepreneurs, speakers, coaches, authors, educators, anybody with a dream really to build a business. And you're helping them with, with what you call a breakthrough to impact. So I'd really like to explore a little bit about that. And and we're also going to talk about how we can make marketing better, how we can bring out the good, how we can market for good. But before we get to that, maybe give me a little bit of background about your fascinating history, where you've come from, how your career developed, and and basically what makes Louise Graham tick. Yeah, sure. Wow, that's an amazing introduction. Thank you. From a very young age, I've always been quite entrepreneurial. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. At age 13, I was running a Tamagotchi babysitting business for my friends in school who were going on holiday and 
Um, I looked after the Tamagotchis and made sure they, they didn't die and lose their lives. Um, and at the age of sort of, um, I think, 14 upwards for several years, I worked with my mum and we developed a personalised Santa Claus letter writing business. And so what we did is we sent Santa Claus letters, personalised Santa Claus letters all over the world world to children um that you know sort of parents would purchase and um and yeah I ran that for several years and it was really fun and it, it, it taught me a lot about um you know sort of running a business and just also the gratification of it as well we received letters from all over the world from parents saying I'm really proud of this achievement from my child and and can you note in the letter about the 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 hedgehog that lives at the end of the garden and the name that they've given the hedgehog and just some really beautiful stories and it it, it, it made me feel really connected um, and I loved it. I loved the magic of it, especially big fan of Christmas anyway. And then at the age of 24, I set up my own marketing agency and started out really as, as being a freelancer and supporting SME businesses in Glasgow to... Um, with their marketing basically and that kind of grew arms and legs and um you know it became an award-winning marketing agency um we were a boutique agency helping small to medium-sized businesses um with be basically becoming their outsourced marketing team mm. and within that i worked with them um, sort of third sector organizations um sort of scottish enterprise high growth companies psybt success stories etc um, really, really enjoyed it, um, but it wasn't a business that I had designed. It wasn't. It, it wasn't an intent, an intentional way of life for me. At age twenty four, I didn't really understand the concept of um, life being intentional or accidental. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I created was very accidental. Um, and unfortunately, at the age of thirty, my mum suddenly passed away. And that called into question the the six years of hard slog where nothing else mattered other than the business. <laughs> um, and then, you know, what happened after that was um, a year and a half of just really sort of trying to get connection with my identity and who I was and <clears throat> did I really want to be running this business and what did I you know, was ever a dream to run an agency. Um, And in that time, actually, we won an award. Um, We won an award for Best Product Launch Marketing at the Construction Marketing Awards against a multinational business that had, you know, sort of hundreds of thousands of marketing budget. um, And our campaign uh, was selected as a winner. And we had like like a four or five thousand pound budget or something. Um, And but our ROI was... 391% Three hundred ninety-one percent, you know, in our campaign, which is sort of why we we won the award, and so that was really amazing, and it was an incredible experience to to build that business. But I did decide to walk away from it, and um, I booked a one-way ticket. I went to Bali. Wow! Um, I, I think I was inspired by the Eat, Pray, Love um, Elizabeth Gilbert story. And, <laughs> <laughs> off I went to Bali with a one-way ticket and um, and I take my clients with me so uh, I went back to being a freelancer took my main retainer clients and said like can we try working remotely 
um, I know your business really well, worked with them for six years. Um, and they said yes. And I went out to Bali. And um, and when I arrived in Bali, I discovered a whole, a whole new world, <laughs> the way in which that we can work location independently. I discovered a more conscious world. I started in a path of personal development, self-growth and really understanding things like positive psychology. And I actually spent more time in Bali working on myself than I did actually working on my business. And that has just opened up so many doors for me, massive amount. And when I was in Bali, I also ran uh, a group. Um, I was a tribe mama for a group called Tribe Wanted, which is a mastermind group of sorts, accountability group, mm-hmm. um, where there were 17 people from all corners of the world came out to Bali to set up a business. I was the sort of the tribe leader for that and thoroughly enjoyed that, which then sort of moved me over into doing more group facilitation and masterminds and things. And then I sort of chased the sunshine and went to Thailand for several months and then back to Bali again and then uh, I ran a mastermind in the refugee camps in Greece uh, and then found myself back in in London and have been rebuilding and redesigning how I want you know what I want my work to look like and what's most important to me that that's my journey um and you know a little more detail in between but I'll stop there (laughs) (laughs) I mean it is a fascinating story and and I I really love that beginning where you actually ran a business to babysit Tamagotchis I mean it's almost surreal to think that there was actually a demand for that but given that it was such a popular toy a popular game I can absolutely see how that could have turned into something I think that's absolutely incredible but but obviously you ran a very successful agency for quite a long time six seven years built a great client base but but then you went on this journey of self-discovery in Bali and, and obviously a lot changed whilst you were there did your did your attitude to marketing itself and the process of marketing and the and the and the um, science of marketing change whilst you were undergoing this personal rediscovery? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the, what the personal discovery helped me do was um, well. Let's backtrack a little a, a little bit. The, one of the, the biggest reasons I ended up in Bali was because my grief had turned into clinical depression. Mm. And I really struggled with who I was and don't want to get too dramatic, but why I existed and what my role was in the world and where my purpose was and all of these kind of things. And one of the first exercises I did landing in Bali was I did a number, I think I spent about a day doing a number of different psychometric testing, character tests and things like that. So I did the Genius You test by Roger Hamilton. I did the Fascination Advantage. I did Fascination Advantage, the Genius You, the sort of 16 personalities, all of the different tests. And I looked at all of the results and I looked at all of the language of how those tests described me as a person. And I picked out the things that were described about me that I really identified with and the things that I didn't so much identify with, I kind of kept to one side. But what that did is it it built a bit of a personal profile for me. And then I went on to further explore my values, what were my own personal values and my needs, what are my core needs. And then I basically, using a spreadsheet, wrote down what 
what makes me feel good um, in terms of my work and the types of people I want to be working with. And I created a grid and I, I put, um, you know, sort of the different feelings and I guess behaviours down one side and listed all of my clients and then rated each of the clients against sort of if, how able they were in order to help me become more of who I wanted to be. And then that really shaped the type of work I wanted to do um, the type of my me being in my genius zone versus doing things that were demanded but weren't necessarily something that really inspired me and being able to be I guess more creative in the design of my my life the enjoyment and the fulfillment of my life basically. So before you went to Bali you were running a marketing agency and presumably it was fairly traditional so you were doing customer research coming up with um, ideas for products and services and then helping those companies to market their products and, and obviously grow sales. What changed from the sort of marketing you were doing before you went to Bali and, and went through this period of rediscovery? What changed from then to what you're doing now and what you offer your customers today? Because the breakthrough to impact sounds a little bit different than a traditional marketing agency. Yeah, sure. So it didn't change straight away. Um, as I said, I took those clients um, out to Bali with me. Um, and, and those clients I, I, I had become like family because you know we had worked with them for a long time and I think it was my growth and my personal development that it, it, it just changed something in me and it changed my interest and it changed the books that I read and it changed the things I was talking about when I met people for the first time which opened me up to a whole new world of people didn't actually come to a, a complete fork in the road until the start of this year actually um, so up until 2018, I still was very much working one-to-one with startups, helping them build brands, launching products to market, being a consultant. My contracts, two of my largest contracts in 2018 came to an end. And 2019, over the Christmas and New Year periods, kind of gave me an opportunity to really sort of sit back and think, okay, so these have come to an end now and I really do have a, a blank sheet of paper. And I had this this real yearning and want to take everything that I'd learned about myself and the, the journey. I mean, it's a real fascination point for me, understanding the, understanding the space of human transformation and human change. I have done a lot of work in that space and I'm extremely knowledgeable and you know I've got, I've got a lot to share and a, a lot of value to share in that space around you know sort of mindset and beliefs and perspectives and all of those kind of things I looked and I said okay how can I do more of this and also do what the other thing that I love which is marketing and building brands and I couldn't see a way to merge them both so I did some some deeper exploration and I realized that the connection between um, the sort of human transformation space and the marketing space was the, the like change and transformation. And then I did a little bit more deeper reflection and realized that actually the thing that I enjoy the most is helping people be able to see the opportunity that lies in the challenge. Because I lived a very sort of challenging um, 
life in lots of different aspects have had so many challenges thrown up and you know we all have as as humanity is complex um but I've always been able to find that little creative opportunity that takes that challenge and turns it into something amazing and it's about that mindset of possibility and potential and being able to see potential and so I I set up a pilot and said okay well I'm going to try this I'm going to see if I can create something a protocol of some sort and and test it with 20 people and I ran a pilot it was highly successful and one of my first pilot customers she said to me I am dancing around the room. This is the biggest breakthrough I've had in ages. I'm motivated beyond levels that I've been in a long time. And I'm so, I've got this fresh impetus to go out there and really build this brand because now I've got clarity. And when she said that it felt like a breakthrough, that's when Breakthrough Movies was born. Breakthrough to impact, and and I know that you ask lots of questions. In, in if you actually read your website, the feedback, the um, testimonials you've had from your customers say that that's one of your key skills. Is you ask them loads of questions, and presumably it's by through those questions, it's through those questions that you actually identify the opportunity from the challenge or whatever it is to help them make that breakthrough. So maybe could you tell, just talk me through a little bit about how that process works? Sure. So I think so many of us are stuck in challenge and indecision, lack of clarity, because we're, we're not being asked or we're not asking ourselves the deeper questions. And it's hard to ask ourselves those questions because, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Yes. <laughs> um, but but as somebody who has a natural curiosity, when I had my first agency job, I got the nickname in the office as Q. And I'd always say, why? Why are you calling me Q? And they'd say, Q for questions, because you're always asking so many questions. And it became a thing. It was, I'm just naturally, naturally curious. I came across a quote, which I just, I mean, it gave me goosebumps because I just thought that's a key. Every question creates an answer. Every answer creates a solution. Every solution creates an action and every action creates a way of life. And I really love that because, and it's sort of tied as well with at the time, a really good friend of mine that I met in Bali, she said to me, Louise, you really need to read this book. Um, it's, it's about how the sort of power of questions can change your life. And I think I'll, I'll share the book title with you but something like change your questions change your life mm. um and I just realized that it's just that so many so many times we aren't asking ourselves those deeper questions and so when I do my breakthrough sessions I ask questions like is that really the truth you know what what you're saying the, the limitation that you're in is that is that the truth if you were in, in limitation if you um if you didn't have any limiting thoughts around this how might you uh, approach the situation differently and then i use scenario cases as well to identify which scenario feels or lands better with the individual but I work with the individual and that's the difference so before when I was working in marketing I was yes I was working with the individual of course because they're my clients but I was working more with the product um, and more with the service when in Breakthrough with Louise and the work that I do as a coach and a mentor 
and working with the individual and really getting past their their limitations, their belief structures, their stuckness, um, and then being able to help them develop strategy and bringing the consultancy piece into it. So it's it's a really nice hybrid between coach and consultant. It, it's very, very interesting. And, and, and I absolutely agree with you. Asking questions is just so powerful. Uh, and I think it's quite sad because in a way, Marketing should always start with a load of questions. You know, the research phase, getting to know your customer, finding out what their pain points are, understanding what their emotions and their feelings are about those pain points, and then coming up with a product and a service that that solves that problem. And and I just think that sometimes, and this is particularly um, typical of the financial services industry, I think sometimes we might ask questions. We, we might not actually ask the right questions. We may indeed ask the questions that we know we will get the answers we want from. But I also think that we don't listen to the answers. By not listening to the answers, we don't then ask better questions to get even deeper. And therefore, what we end up with, the products and services that we end up with, are somehow missing the mark. Would you agree with that? I would, actually. And um, I just shared with my breakthrough community this morning uh, a PDF I really, really love called Talking Talking with Humans um, about the importance of really bringing your customer on your journey, listening to their feedback, like really deeply listening to them. And I was doing a little bit of research today as well and, um, you know, sort of where we're at in society in advance to to this podcast for when we actually get to sort of speak about how marketing could be a a force to do do better in the world Mm. and to support others in the world better. And I was remembering, I was remembering a talk that I attended with um, Sarah, the quote, the CEO of the organization Unruly. And she said something that really interested me. And she said that the marketeer of the future is an anthropologist. Now, an anthropologist is someone who really understands human behavior. And the other person in this space who I greatly admire is um, a human behaviorist, academic, author, speaker, really amazing guy called Dan Early. And he said the same thing. And I think that it's not so much that brands aren't asking questions. I think what they're doing is they're asking very surface level questions. Mm -hmm. So they are asking questions that will get a surface level, level answer versus the deeper answer from within the individual that gives more exposure, more knowledge about that individual and how their psychology works. I read something that said that in actual fact, in order to really understand human behavior, it all comes down to observation. So there's different types of listening. There is listening in research and then there's observation. There's this quote that said, people are always showing you who they are. Yeah. <laughs> um, you ask somebody what their motivation is, who's to say that that motivation is actually their deepest truth? Because they can only tell you what they can access, but their actions and their behavior will tell you the truth. So I think, actually, more observation. Yeah, and and I've, I've heard... That- Somebody that I follow, an American marketer, a guy called Marcus Sheridan, he's been over to the UK a few times. I've met him. He always talks about 
if you ask a question, it's not the answer to that first question that gives you the insight. It's the second or the third question that you dig deeper into the individual that actually gives you the insight that you need. And then that fits perfectly with what you were saying there about surface surface questioning. You'll only get a surface answer. And, and on observations, again, I think today we have to be so much more observant about what people are thinking and feeling emotionally as well. I mean, you've been on a, a, a massive journey yourself, the, the rediscovery in Bali, in the financial services industry, there's a lot of talk at the moment about health and well-being, about mental health. I think for the first time we are actually now starting to take much more notice of these sort of things and observe what's happening to people and 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 that hopefully will be revealed in better questioning so so let's move on and talk about marketing for good uh, and and i guess that uh, one of the things that i tend to do in, in my conference speeches is that i have this speech i do which is called fixing broken marketing and i start off by saying i think marketing is broken because these days all marketing seems to be about is bombarding people with endless messages whether that's emails whether it's um, tv TV ads or whether it's just pop-up ad or something like that. Is there any integrity left anymore? You know, you, you get cold calling still, you get people trying to scam you. And these are all marketing practices. And I think that we've got to sort of bring the integrity back and, and do lots of more of what we've been talking about, asking questions to find out what customers really want. And I can guarantee the very few customers want to be bombarded 24-7 with intrusive crap um, communications. <laughs> but I think you're talking a little bit further than that, aren't you, to be honest? There is a discussion around integrity in terms of... So marketers are creating noise. So there's a lot, there has to be some sort of in- integrity around that of, you know, sort of are they creating noise that does good or are they creating noise that distresses and upsets and is harmful and negative and pollutive almost mm. No, um, but I think the other conversation to have is around the concept of empathy and and thoughtfulness and kindness. Yes, I am a big advocate of thoughtful marketing. It's something that I'm working on, sort of creating a movement towards. If we think of the the, the type of character, somebody in, in your life or in your circle that you would describe as being a thoughtful person. That person always goes the extra mile to make you feel special, make mm. you feel that they've thought about you. And, um, you know, maybe instead of a meal being put down to you, there's a flower on the plate or something like that, or your name is at the table, or just that little extra thoughtful touch. Yep. And it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much, and yet it is so powerful, such a powerful thing to lift others up. Um, just that those little moments of thoughtfulness, just taking that extra 10 or 15 minutes to put a little bit more thought into um, your interactions and what you create in the world. And so, yeah, I think that integrity is important, but I think empathy and thoughtfulness, and I think that's why... Um, people like Sarah and Darren Early and things that when they're talking about like sort of marketing and 
and the marketeer of the future and saying that it is somebody who studies humans and human behavior because that's a more thoughtful approach that's looking at the individual not as somebody to sell something to but looking at the individual from a human to human perspective listening to what they say questioning what they say and saying okay you know you're saying that it's okay for this marketing but is it really and being more um more more thoughtful and more I guess the word I really want to use and I'm not I've not used it but I'm stumbling because I really want to so I'm just going to say it the word is you know being more conscious mm-hmm. being more aware that's the thing awareness is huge it's absolutely huge it really is. It's that kindness. It's how can we help people? And again, one of the things that I observe as a marketing consultant is, you know, we've got all this fabulous technology available to us these days, digital marketing, social media, apps, whatever it might be. And unfortunately, sometimes a marketer will say, oh, there's a new app. And the immediate thought is, how can we use that to communicate again? How can we use that to bombard people with sales messages? My philosophy is always to stop and say, no, 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 how can we use that technology to help? How can yeah. we use that technology to help? And and let's layer on that level of kindness that you've alluded to there as well. And that philosophy, I think, ultimately will engage the customer a lot more than just the traditional hitting them with message after message after message, which is enraging. And my big mantra, and this is this is one of the opening lines in the book that I've just um, sent off to be edited, is that marketing is a deep, almost obsessive understanding of your customer. And you've really highlighted that in this conversation today. It's not a surface level understanding of your customer. It's a deep, and you've got to go deeper. You've got to get that understanding so that you can come up with something that not just meets a pain point, but maybe yeah. even meets the, the cause of that pain point at a much deeper level and I think that that's one of the things that we're missing out on I think it's also important to note that sometimes that deep understanding won't come from the customer you might not be able to to get that from the customer but there are other ways by understanding more about human psychology understanding more about uh, human behavior um, observation like watching your customers going out into the fields and watching customers in supermarkets and how they interact with their families and stress there are all of those kind of things I know we're talking in a financial podcast so there's not much financial products on the supermarket shelves but as an analogy so um, I mean you, you can try being able to to delve to that debt with your customer but most of it is just going to be from you taking the knowledge that you have and making some key assumptions that okay the, the pain behind this is x and then yeah and then you can test those assumptions you know but first of all just having that sort of deeper curiosity to understand humans at a level beyond how they help us understand themselves. Louise, as we come towards the end of our interview, I always like to make it a little bit more fun towards the end. So I've got a couple of questions I'd like to ask you about marketing, as you would expect, and there's two of them. The first question is, can you give me an example of a marketing campaign or a product that's caught your attention for being beautifully simple? Tell us what it was and what you liked about it. I love um, just because it's been a topic this week and my my breakthrough community but i love the uh, rainforest alliance uh, advert following the frog and it's a it's a spoof um, it's on youtube it is hilarious 
And um, it's a guy sitting in his cubicle at work and he's reading about the rainforest and the deforestation. And he says, right, enough's enough. I'm quitting my work. I'm leaving my wife. I'm leaving my child. I'm going to go to the Amazon. <laughs> I'm going to go into the Amazon jungle. Um, I'm going to fight a rebellion and all of this kind of stuff. And um, and he goes into the jungle trying to get Siri to give him directions on his mobile and he's trailing his little um, trolley suitcase behind and he gets stabbed in the eye by, you know, sort of one of the, the, the tribe's people and ends up in a foreign jail and like, basically gets battered and bruised. <laughs> And then decides that actually this isn't for me. Goes home and his wife has met somebody else, and um, you know everything's fallen apart. And the, the message of the campaign is is that you know you don't need to go quit your job, leave your wife, leave your family, go and live in the Amazon jungle. You know, to end up in jail to make a difference. You just have to buy products that have the frog on them because if you follow the frog, you're supporting the rainforest. Fantastic, fantastic. (laughs) It is so good. It's so good. And I love it because um, the reason I love it, I use it as as an example with my community because so many of my community think that storytelling involves this kind of recipe of talk about the pain and talk about the solution. Mm. And, and you know, and that campaign doesn't talk about the pain or the solution. What it does is it paints a scenario. It paints that kind of chaotic thoughts that sometimes go through our minds sometimes and just brings some reality to it. It paints, it paints a real picture. Um, and I love that as another way of saying, you know, you, you don't actually have to write copy and well, this is your pain and this is the solution and, you know, really stick to a formula with your copy. You can do creative things with storytelling and be able to say, um, be able to say what you want to say without actually saying it. I absolutely agree. And at the other end of the scale, Louise, give us an example of marketing madness, something stupidly complex or needlessly bloated. LinkedIn. I mean, not a particular campaign, but all of these um, people are constantly sort of trying to connect on LinkedIn and there's no personalization to it. They're trying to sell you something in a town that you don't live anywhere near (laughs) or real thoughtless. That's how I would define that, thoughtless marketing. Absolutely. There's nothing more annoying than accepting a connection request from somebody on LinkedIn, from somebody who actually might look quite interesting and then about a split second after you've accepted the connection request, bang, you've got the message in your inbox saying, buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my stuff. It's so annoying. I got I got LinkedIn connection from someone that wanted to sell me some advertising on golf tees at a golf course in Scotland. And I'd been posting relentlessly every single day about my journey in Bali with monkeys and everything. And they, you know, they asked me if in two weeks' time I, I want to do this golf course advertising for I think they said something like um, accountancy-based firms. I don't, I don't even work with accountancy-based firms at that point in time. So, yeah, it, it just it, it, it irritates, it annoys, and it creates negativity in your in your day. And and that's not that's not empowering, and it's it's not kind, and it's not thoughtful. Louise, I'm hoping that people listening to the show are going to want to get in touch with you. So, where is the best place that they can connect with you? So on my website, um, a new one is being built at the moment. It's uh, Um We also have Instagram accounts where it's actually like a good place to look on Instagram as well because um, I have created a member directory 
share all the change makers that are in my community on Instagram so you can read a little bit more about them and what they're doing and straight away there's a heap of collaboration potential just by having a look at the Instagram page um, and on Facebook at Breakthrough with Louise um, and soon I'll be launching a podcast as well so more to come on that. That's great Louise and I will include the links that you've just said on the show notes for this podcast which you can find at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F that's rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash M-A-F Louise it's been fascinating to talk to you this afternoon really love your story how you went out there to Bali changed your whole perception and now are focusing on this really quite important topic of marketing that helps marketing that is kind and I can certainly get behind all of the things that we've talked about this afternoon because that is what my philosophy is about as well that deep understanding of the customer let me wish you every success for the future and obviously we both live in Scotland so hopefully we can meet up for a coffee at some point in the future absolutely I'm looking forward to my yoga class Thanks for listening to the Marketing and Finance podcast. Do please look at the show notes at rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash MAF for links to the apps and topics and books we discussed. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review on iTunes. Simply visit rogeredwards.co.uk forward slash iTunes and leave a review. I'll catch you on the next episode. In the meantime, keep marketing your business to keep growing your business.